Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fector, and I'll be the host of your show today. Uh, yeah, sorry for last week. Don't really know what happened there. Uh, try to get on IG Live, which we're doing right now, and uh, you know the regular podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcast. But tried doing that, and it just didn't work. Uh, not really sure what happened there. But yeah, overall a rough week for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Record of one and six. Uh, they start off the week at eleven and six. Uh, they dropped to twelve and twelve. Start of the week first in the NL Central. Uh, game up on the Brewers. Now they are tied for second in the Central, two and a half games back of the St. Louis Cardinals. So let's recap the week that was. Saturday, the only win of the week against the Giants. Uh, Jameson Tyon in that range short and complete game effort. Cole Tucker hit a bomb in that game. Jungle Gong, three to one win. All uh, then things went south this week. So on uh, Sunday against the Giants, three two loss. Chris Archer pitched great in that game. He went five and six hits, three runs, but unfortunately he gave up the home run to Posey uh, late in the game, which allowed us to lose that game three to two. And then the Diamondback series, we we all know what happened there. Uh, four game sweep Monday. Uh, really a tale of two games. You have the first six games of that game where Joe Musgrove was dominant, six innings, five hits, three earned, five strikeouts, two walks. Uh, the Diamondbacks exploded in that lucky seventh inning where Kyle Crick came in. You had the John Ryan Murphy bunt and a bunch of blue Blake Swiharts being bunt, the little bloop that fell in the left. It was just a rough game, and it led into a rough series. Tuesday against the Diamondbacks, Trevor Williams pitched outstanding. Seven innings, four hits, two earned, one walk, and four strikeouts. Yet the Pirates uh, lost again. Luke Weaver dominated that game, 2-1 loss. Wednesday, 11-2 loss. Uh, Jordan Lyles struggled mightily in that game. Five innings, eight hits, five runs, four earned, no walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, the bosses from that game, Bell and Young, both hit homers, but ultimately it was a thorough beatdown. Uh, Thursday against the Diamondbacks, another loss, 5 nothing. Uh, Granke, he was vintage. Tyen was not himself. Five innings, six hits, five runs, five earned, no walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, I'm going to get going. And then yesterday against the Dodgers, some late-night bucking. Uh, Chris Archer, which just wasn't himself. Uh, Slider was not there. Four innings, six hits, six runs. Three walks, three strikeouts, a rough week, to say the least, for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. So some other transactions this week on Saturday. The Pirates were called short to Cole Tucker and select elector Brian Reynolds. They placed Eric Gonzalez on the 60-day injury list with a left clavicle fracture and Starling Marte on the 10-day IO with an abdominal wall contusion. Sunday, Chris Archer was activated from his suspension. Uh, Jacob Song is placed in the 10-day injury list with a cervical neck extremity. And Elias Diaz was activated from the Sunday list. Monday, Pirates sent down Stephen Brault, activated Polanco, uh, sent Osuna on a rehab to Bradenton, and on Tuesday, uh, Nick Birdie, terrible injury from the 10-day interest with right biceps slash elbow pain. Recalls Stephen Brault to have a new minute in Indianapolis. Now, we do have one mailbag question this week that I do want to get into here before awards. It's from uh, Mason. Uh, when Corey Dixon comes up sometime next week, who's getting sent down? Okay, Mason. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I'd say Jason Martin, just because if they cut ties with J.B. Shock, he's going to be gone. Uh, Brian Reynolds is impressed. So I would say 
Jason Martin goes down, but that still remains to be seen. All right, let's get into weekly awards. Player of the week goes to Josh Bell, a 208 average, 524 this week, three home runs, and five RBIs. Yeah, Josh Bell has been carrying this offense single-handedly. He has been fantastic, six home runs this season, 18 RBIs. He's on pace for 40 home runs and 125 RBIs. He's been fantastic. The average can pick up a little bit. He's a fantastic ball player, already is having a very good start to the 2019 season. Pitch of the week goes to Francisco Liriano. Four innings pitch, three games, uh, six hits, no runs, uh, no walks, striking out six, uh, 1.50 whip. Uh, Liriano has turned himself into a very nice relief pitcher for this Pirates team. Excited what I saw from him. The six hits you don't like, but the fact they didn't walk anybody and struck out six is what you like to see from uh, Papa Francisco. So good week from him in a week where the the pitching outside of Musgrove and Williams just was not there. Uh, rookie of the week goes to Cole Tucker, a 240 average, 6 for 25, home run and two RBIs. I mean, this guy is a real deal. And if you've been following the podcast for a long time, going back to the Arizona Fall League with um, the surprise Saguaros, you would know how much I love Cole Tucker and the rest of the guys. Brian Reynolds out there. We've talked a lot about Will Craig. But Cole Tucker is the real dude. He batted 370 in the Arizona Fall League. Vlad Jr., like the most hyped prospect ever, uh, batted 340. So Cole Tucker, I'm telling you, he's going to be the next Andrew McCutcheon in Pittsburgh. And it's not just because of the hair. He has a superstar persona about him, and he is going to endear to the hearts of many Pittsburghers very, very soon. Glove of the Week is to Cole Tucker as well. 30 total chances, 21 assists. Uh, I mean, Cole Tucker has a very smooth glove as well to go with his bat. He is the complete package, a great start to his career. Uh, we will see what happens when Kevin Newman comes back to the Angels because he's close to returning. If they even bring him back because uh, there may not be any room for him to be on his way back. The MASH unit that is the Pittsburgh Pirates out will soon receive a boost. Another 2019 season, the Pittsburgh Pirates find themselves as owner of a 12 and 12 record. A 12 and 12 record is never low start However, it's a bit of a disappointment for the Pirates. The reason it is disappointing is due to the team currently riding a 60 and 1 streak. bats have gone just 61, but the runners in formation and draw a stretch. Which has been a major factor of run production. So, a major reason the teams are lost on is injury. Corey Dickerson, Lonnie Chisholm, and Stoning Marte are all currently on the injured list. Additionally, starting right fielder Gregory Blanco has only appeared in four games this season after being active from the IL this past month. This power lineup was never going to be among the best in the National League. The team simply does not have home run power for that. However, it should be better than it has been. While injuries are not adoration or Francisco Cervelli's starts are not helping match the team she is not as this week in Texas. Today Dickerson will join him in the Last season was arguably the team's best player on top of posting a healthy hundred average 3-3 OBP, 474 screen. They won a gold glove in 2018. And to be honest, at times, the team has missed defense to the field every bit as much as they have missed his bat in the line. The current 
to designate for Indian Day and tomorrow. When it's off on Monday, we'll play left field of the Indians beginning on Tuesday. If all is well with his rehabs, he will rejoin the pile and return home on Friday night. Gerson will be a huge shot for the Pirates. Jason Martin has struggled defensively in left field. Dickerson a shot in the arm as the Pirates thankfully appears to be less than 80. We just go back to last night. Melky Cabrera, he does what he can do in left field, but he's old at this point and he's not very good defensively. Uh, the Austin Barnes double where he died for uh, Archer might have stuck him out that uh, the pitch prior, but you have Dickerson left field, that ball's caught, those runs aren't scored. <clears throat> and it's kind of frustrating to see that because, you know, the Dickerson injury really came out of nowhere with the shoulder issue, and he had a decent start to the season before the shoulder issue, issue cropped up. But this, this team needs a jolt. Their offense needs a jolt. It, it's frustrating to watch games at this point. When you feel that if you give up three runs, you're going to lose the baseball game. That's not how baseball should work. Now, we all knew this team, this offense, wasn't going to be the best in the National League. I mean, we all, we all knew that. But Frazier needs to be better. Cervelli needs to be better. Certain guys need to be producing at a higher rate than they are, and they will. Uh, you know, we're going to get back to the mean, and the offense will eventually come back. Hopefully it's tonight. Oh, we really can't afford to keep losing these games. Do something that we are. Uh, we're going to start a new uh, segment here. Um, just talking about the top three prospects in our so we're going to get out. The Pirates are all off solid starts through the league. And how their top prospects are Before the Pittsburgh Pirates League started, uh, you know, we had top 30 prospect list that we talked about on the show. Uh, those made up by a lot of prospects' 2018 performances, their career performances, and their expectations as players. While the farm system is not as heralded as it once was, it is on the upswing once again. So far, the Pittsburgh Pirates minor league affiliates are off to a good start. The team's AAA affiliate, uh, the Indianapolis Indians, are off to a 10-9 start. The AA Altoona Curve have the opposite record and have the only losing season in the minors at 9-10. The Pittsburgh Pirates single-A affiliate, the Bradenton Marauders, are off to a strong start at 13-8. The newest affiliate is the AA Greensboro. They're off to a good start as well, sitting at 12 so, looking at the stats, going to stand out on the staff office for the week going out to Luis Sanchez and Luis Escobar. Sanchez was aggressively rated as one of the Pittsburgh Pirates' top 10 prospects by many sites last season. He had here, but was relatively young for low age. The Bucks decided to start out late season, and it looks like it paying off. Escobar, while reached double A last season, however, as many projected to happen, eventually the Columbia native is now out of the bullpen. Teams have to help him with the transition. So far, he has been out. So let's talk about those two guys, Lolo Sanchez and Luis Escobar. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, Lolo Sanchez, he was aggressively very, very high, top 10 in the prospect list, and it really all come to fruition, but it has been very good so far in this 2019 Look at his numbers uh, in low A. He's at 39. He has a home run, four doubles, and triples. Uh, it's going to be a little while until Lolo can make his way to Pittsburgh, but there may eventually be a spot for him on this team. I, I, I project him more as a fourth outfielder type player 
rather than, you know, we start an outfit. I mean, if we look at the makeup of the outfit of the future, we'll look at 2020, just go ahead to there. Uh, if Dickerson does not get extended or not re-signed after the 2019 season, you're going to be looking at Martin Polanco center and right. And at this point, I'd have to assume that uh, Brian Reynolds would be in left field for 2020. Uh, Jason Martin will certainly be in competition for that spot, but it will be it will be between uh, Martin and Reynolds for that left field spot if uh, Dickerson moves on from the Pirates after the 2019 season. But after that, if we're looking at some of the other minor league prospects, we have first-round pick Travis Swaggerty last year, who's going to move very quickly through this system. I expect him on Pittsburgh sooner than Lolo Sanchez. And Swaggerty, to be honest, has far more potential uh, than Lolo Sanchez does. Other well that you just you can't forget about the size and swaggy in this system. Uh, Jared Oliva, he's in double A right now, 250 average, two doubles, three stolen bases. Uh, he's the biggest, the Juan PA, uh, another guy, he's the number 29 prospect. He has yet to play that. Really, uh, just looking at that makeup of the outfield in the future, we're in a pretty good spot. Martin Plonk are going to be around for a decent amount of time. And, I mean, Martin and Reynolds have showed out uh, in the wake of um, Dickerson and Chisholm Hall not being on the team currently. So it, it's going to be a fun outfield for many years to come. And really, Polanco is still yet to hit his full potential. Once Martin gets back, he's one of the best players in the National League when healthy, when playing well. He can win an MVP. Now, unfortunately, that injury uh, sent him said the Pirates back. If you look at our record since the injury, two and six. Uh, <clears throat> so as, at the end of the day, we need Marte back. He's going to be back soon enough. So we'll see what happens there. Now, uh, just to make a comment, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which a uh, good amount of you probably are at this point, um, this won't go to you, but to anybody watching the uh, Instagram live right now, feel free to ask questions, drop them there. I'll try to answer them throughout the show. Steel City Champs wants to know if I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, yes, I am a Steelers fan. Not not as big of a Steelers fan as I am a Pirates fan, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, the Pirates are definitely my team. Uh, love them, ride or die with them. So, yeah, if you have any other questions, just drop them in the Instagram live. I'll try to get to them throughout the episode. But just getting back to the system as a whole, it is on the uptick you know when we were first coming in um 2013 2012 uh, when that first wave of talent was coming in you know you had mccutcheon you had walker you had alvarez you had Marte, you had polanco i mean you had a pretty good crew coming up through the system now, the pirate system is not at that point yet but they still have a ton of solid prospects making their way through the minors we look at Key Brian Hayes, he's going to be a stud. <clears throat> Mitch Keller, his debut is going to be sometime this summer, you'd figure. Travis Swaggery's up there. O'Neill Cruz, the 6'7 shortstop that we acquired in the Tony Watson trade. This system has a lot of high-end pieces that are going to be exciting. Uh, again, a question about Key Brian Hayes. Will he be called up this season for Mason? And if so, when? Yeah, and... Prior to Colin Moran being as hot as he has been, I was thinking that Q. Brian Hayes needs to be called up. But Moran's been hot and really has done nothing to make me believe that he's still not the third baseman of the future. Um, 
Now, Key Brian Hayes can certainly supplant him eventually as that guy, but Gong is starting to get hot. Moran is playing very well, and I mean, Key Brian Hayes is just out of luck. He could win a gold glove today if he was called up. There's no doubt about that, but he's blocked. <laughs> that, that's just what happens to be the case. Now, 2020 is going to be interesting. Jung Ho Gong, with the Pirates elect not resign him, uh, he'll be gone. Uh, and then we'll see what they do with Moran. There could be a platoon situation in 2020 with Hayes and Moran. But Key Brian Hayes is a real deal. He's got an excellent glove, a big bat. We all remember that walk-off Grand Slam back on February, like 23rd, 24th. Uh, yeah, but he's a he's very special. He had a home run in the um, the Futures game last year. So I expect big things from him. And that last time at the infield um, is going to be so much fun for many years to come with Cole Tucker and Key Brian Hayes. Ethan Frazier and Bell into that mix as well. It's it's an exciting infield. And they have so much potential to do well. And that's what's so frustrating about the offense struggling right now because they have the potential to be a very good offense. Bell has been great. Frazier has struggled. Tucker's been great. You know, Gong is starting to heat up. Moran's been hot. And it's just a collection of we're getting the hits right now. We're just not getting those clutches. And that's why we were so good when we jumped out to a 12 and 6 start because we weren't necessarily scoring a heck of a bunch of runs. We haven't all year. That's just the reality. But we were getting the hits when they mattered. We were hitting with runners in scoring position. Just not happening now. And then that's why we are in the skid. If you look at the offensive numbers between this little stretch right now and when we started off 12 and 6, it's not that different, offensively speaking. It's just we got the hits with runners in scoring position, and the pitching was lights out in the first 18 games of the year. Now, the pitching is still fantastic, and it's going to be great. There's a, going to be hiccups that happens in every rotation. Don't get me wrong. But overall, the offense needs to get better. The, the pitching can't carry the staff the whole season. And we're going to be in the majority of our ball games because of that pitching. But the offense needs to do enough, and the pitching can ride that out. So definitely going to be uh, an interesting – Rest of this Dodgers series, uh, desperately in need of a win tonight. Do not want to drop under 500. So we'll see how uh, Joe Musgrove goes out there. Musgrove has been excellent. He's pitching like the ace of this rotation right now when uh, we definitely need it. So hopefully he puts his foot down and we can win this game tonight, win tomorrow to take the series in L.A. I want to some takeaways in this Diamondbacks, the Pirates were among the hottest teams in baseball. The Bucs had won three series in a row and were 6-2 and two overall in those series. However, a team's hot streak has stopped in its tracks. It was an ugly series for the Pirates. The team did not pitch well, played poor defense, and the offense was non-existent, non-existent after the fifth inning of Game 1 on Monday night. Next up for the Bucs is a trip. Obviously, we're uh, in L.A. right now, about two games less, but before uh, we get into the rest of the Dodgers series. I want to give a couple of my takeaways from this series. So, first takeaway, first inning twice two. On Monday night, the Pirates appeared prime and jumped out to a big lead early on in the opening game of the series. In the bottom of the first inning, the Pirates had the bases loaded with just one out, and Colin Moran stepped to the plate. Moran worked a 3-2 count, but then went down swinging on a pitch that would have been ball four. 
Brian Reynolds and grounded out to end the inning. Failing to put up a crooked number early on came back to bite the Pirates. The team failed to bury the Diamondbacks early, and it led to a blowout loss. And once it had three, a poor first inning by the Pirates again set the tone for the game. This time, however, it came in the top half of the inning. With one out, they run on first, and the Diamondbacks ahead 1-0. Starting pitcher Jordan Lyles made a throwing error. This throwing error gave Arizona runners on second and third with one out. Instead of a runner on second with two outs, this led to a sacrifice fly and a 2-0 Diamondbacks lead. The Diamondbacks quickly struck in game 4-2. The Snakes bit starter Jameson tie-in for a pair of runs from the top of the first inning. And once again, the Bucks quickly found themselves in the hole. There is no way of knowing how differently, if at all, games 3 and 4 would have gone if not for the air. But it sure would have been nice to know. My second takeaway from the series. Heading with runners in square position was a major issue. The Pittsburgh Pirates offense is not built around power or the long ball. Due to the team must manufacture runs and take advantage of the scoring opportunities they generate. Against Arizona, they did not do this. On Monday night, the team went 4 for 13 with runners in scoring position. This prevented them from busting the game wide open and kept it close, allowing Arizona to rally past the Bucs and eventually blow them out. The Bucs went 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position in game two. This was the biggest factor in their 2 to 1 loss on Tuesday night. They were then 0 for 6 in Game 3 and 0 for 3 in Game 4 on Thursday afternoon. Going to 532 with runners in scoring position is simply not going to cut it, especially against an offense as potent as Arizona's. The Bucks drew just three walks with runners in scoring position, one of which was intentional, and collected just two extra base hits in these situations. All of them came in Game 1. Hitting with runners in scoring position has been a problem throughout the season for the Pirates. It was a big reason the team got swept in their two-game series against the Cardinals earlier this month. It was a major role in getting swept this week by Arizona as well. Hopefully, the bats will pick up with runners in scoring position these next two games in L.A. Takeaway number three. Stephen Brault should not be on the 25-man roster. Right fielder Daniel Polanco was actually off the injury list on Monday to make room for him on the roster. The Pirates option lefty Stephen Brault back to the AAA level. Well, Brault's trip to the minors never even happened. Before he even left for Indianapolis, Nick Birdie got hurt in Monday night's loss. After Birdie was placed on the I.L., Brault was added back to the 25-man roster. On Wednesday night, Brault then made his first appearance in a game since April the 8th. As one would expect, it did not go well for Brault. In his two innings of work, Brault allowed a three-run home run to Ketel Marte, he now owns a 10.80 ERA and a 6.86 FIP in six and two-thirds innings pitched this season. The Pirates have a better long relief option than Kingham. Brault does not throw strikes consistently enough to be a lefty specialist, and right-handed hitters crush him. Right now, Brault serves no purpose on this roster. It is clear that Clint Hurl does not trust Brault much as he went three weeks without using him. Brault should not be on the 25-man roster. Clay Holmes. Dovidus Navarowskis, Jeff Hartley, and Michael Feliz are all options at AAA that will be better suited for the Pirate bullpen than Brault. It is time for the Brault era in Pittsburgh to end. Why, why is he still here? He can't throw strikes, and he gets hit hard every single time. Now, I used to be a big Stephen Brault fan, don't get me wrong. When he made his uh, spot start last year early on when Musgrove was on the DL, at the time of the disabled list. Um, 
he pitched excellent against the Reds in that first start, but he just he hasn't been the same since. He can't throw strikes, and that's a problem. You can't be coming out of the bullpen and walking guys. You can't be getting hit as hard as Stephen Brawl is being getting hit and be on a major league roster. Like call Clay Holmes at this point. Call Dovidus Nevaraskis, Michael Feliz, Jeff Hartley, one of them. They're all better than Stephen Brawl. They are. I mean, Clay Holmes, he did have his struggles in Pittsburgh last season. I'm not going to deny that. But he's better than Stephen Brault. Dovidus Nevaraskis has elite potential. Give him a chance. Michael Feliz showed what he was capable of in April of last season. Why don't you give him a chance? Even Jeff Hartley, who we've talked about a lot. He's a flamethrowing sinker ball pitcher. Give him a chance. Don't keep Stephen Brault on this roster. He's wasting a spot. And right now, with the bullpen being the way it is, with uh, Nick Birdie going down and having you know one of our high-leverage guys no longer available for the foreseeable future, uh, somebody else is going to need to step up. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had many opportunities to have those high-leverage situations lately. But, I mean, we, we look at the complexion of this bullpen. You have Felipe Vasquez on the mind. At this point, I, it's tough. I'd I'd go Killa A right now, but Killa has struggled so far in 2019. Um, then you have Crick, you have Richard Rodriguez. Uh, the most reliable guy after that, I'd say, was probably Francisco Liriano. Then Nick Kingham, and then Stephen Brault. Now, I wish we could give one of the four aforementioned guys and Holmes, Nebraska's police, or Hartley a chance to be the next big guy in this Pirates bullpen. Because we know we're going to get out of Nick King. He's not going to do much more than he's done so far. He's turned himself into a pretty nice reliever. That's probably what his career path is going to be at this point, at least in Pittsburgh. And Francisco Liriano has been great. We, he was my pitcher of the week. You know, he went four innings, no runs. Um, he, he was fantastic this week, striking out six guys in those four innings. Liriano is that lefty reliever. Stephen Brault shouldn't be. Now, there are also other options for lefty guys at the AAA level. I believe Tyler Lyons is still within the organization at AAA. Why don't, why don't you give him a call? DFA Brolt, call Tyler Lyons. Or DFA Brolt, select Jeff Hart, right? There are alternatives to the way the Pirates have been going about business so far. And keeping a guy like Brolt on the roster is not going to be dear to many Pirates fans at all. It's just one. We're winding down towards the end of the show today. Um, again, it was a rough week for the Pirates, but just to end on a note of positivity. The fact that we started off 12-6 and six is very good right now because otherwise we wouldn't be 12-12. and 12, We'd be worse than that. So be thankful that your Pirates did that. Now, if we're back here next week and not much has changed, uh, the, the positivity might uh, go down a little bit, but overall, Still positive. My buckets are 12 and 12. It's not a terrible start. We're 24 games in, 138 games scheduled. Starts tonight, fresh late. Let's start off new. Let's get this done tonight and get a win against the Dodgers. We thank you all for tuning in. No matter how you did it, IG Live, Apple Podcasts, whatever platforms you're doing live, archives, we thank you for doing it. If you're looking to head out to PNC Park, uh, the parts by the Athletics this coming weekend. Go to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10. That's BPN10. 
1-0, BPM 10, punch that in, helps us out, helps you out, save 10%. All tickets, all events. Stubyard.com, BPN 10. Check out the website, baseballpodcastnet.com. we got a big announcement coming on Wednesday. Stay tuned for that, baseballpodcastnet.com. Follow myself on Instagram, at BucksDugout, partner Jared at Pirates.Strong. Oh, uh, yeah, it's been a, a fun time with you guys uh, this afternoon. So let's get the win today. Uh, it's be over 500 by the time we get next week. I'd be very happy if we can get to that point, if we can be above 500 when we talk next week. I'll be very happy, yeah. But thank you for tuning in. My name is Benson Fecker. Have a great week. As always, uh, let's go Bucks. <laughs>